0: As River Bottom gets more and more privatized, it becomes more and more valuable to have these kind of fishing access sites. So we just encourage everybody that can to email the land board.
1: This is MCV Cast. I'm Aaron Murphy, Executive Director of Montana Conservation Voters. That was Tony Jones of the Bitterroot Valley. We'll be hearing from him and also from Chuck Otto of the Anaconda Sportsman Club about plans for some of Montana's newest public land in just a few moments. MCV's deputy director, Whitney Tani is dialing in from Bozeman, and so is political director, Jake Brown from Helena. Let's start this week with an update on news affecting every single person in Montana.
0: No shirt, no shoes, no mask, no service. It's that simple. I can't say enough about just how easy it is to wear a mask. You saw me take mine off before speaking today. Just like how we put a seatbelt on when we get in the car, And unbuckle it when we need to get out.
1: That was Governor Steve Bullock this Wednesday, issuing a mandatory order for most Montanans to wear masks in indoor public places. This as the state reports more and more cases of COVID-19 every day. The pandemic is changing our plans here at MCV2. We recently made the tough decision to make our annual fundraising gala on October 1st a virtual event. We originally planned to hold our event in person at the Livingston Depot, but the health and safety of our neighbors always comes first. Anyway, stay tuned for more details. The pandemic certainly isn't slowing down candidates on the campaign trail. Jake Brown is following news from MCV's endorsed candidate for Montana Governor, Mike Cooney.
2: That's right, Murph. MCV endorsed candidate Mike Cooney just released his public lands plan to lay out some of the policy specifics that he'll stand up for if elected.
0: And it's who we are as Montanans, and it's going to be a very important part of the of the campaign. And it's a it it really is something that distinguishes me between you know from my opponent, uh, Mr. Gianforte. Uh, I've fought hard bringing results when it comes to uh, uh, Montana's public lands, where Mr. Gianforte has taken some stands that have loan in the face of the best interest of public lands in Montana. He sued to keep Montanans from having access to the Gallatin River. Um, he has uh, voted in Congress and written legislation to uh, take uh, protection away from over 700,000 acres of land in Montana.
2: Some of the big takeaways from the plan is increasing public lands access, expanding the Habitat Montana program and the block management program, and increasing the number of fishing access sites and protecting our coveted stream access lines. Cooney and his campaign continue to champion public lands as an issue, which really just sets up a stark contrast between him and his opponent, Congressman Greg Gianforte. Not only did Gianforte sue to block access to a popular fishing access site on the Gallatin River, but he also introduced a bill that would have stripped protections from over 700,000 acres of public lands, the single biggest rollback in Montana history. Kudos to the Cooney campaign for going further than just protecting our public lands, but actually increasing access and other protections.
1: Thanks, Jake. We have a link to Lieutenant Governor Cooney's Protect the Last Best Place plan in our show notes. More news this week about the Trump administration attacking our clean air and clean water. Whitney is following the latest development coming out of the White House.
3: No surprise to anyone, the Trump administration has taken action again to weaken the National Environmental Policy Act, also known as NEPA. This bedrock environmental law put into place by President Nixon in 1970 requires all government agencies to go through a formal review and mitigation process for environmental impacts and the development of resource extraction projects, But now, with Trump's new rollback, the permitting process will be sped up on the development of pipelines and other construction projects with less scrutiny that ignores any climate impacts. This news is even more disheartening because the Center for Western Priorities conducted an analysis of public comments submitted to the Council on Environmental Quality in response to their proposal to weaken NEPA enforcement and found that 94% of public commenters opposed the Trump administration's proposed changes. So once again, who is running our government and who are they representing?
2: That news comes on the heels of another Trump administration push to put development ahead of the environment. A recent rule by the EPA will limit what issues state and tribal governments can consider when approving federal permits under the Clean Water Act. Historically, states and tribes can review projects for a number of reasons, such as What the proposed development will do to air quality, traffic congestion, and more. But under this new rule, states and tribes can only evaluate projects on impacts to water quality alone. The rule also limits the amount of time state and tribal governments have to review proposed projects and gives the EPA sweeping powers to certify projects if the state's denial does not comply with the new rule. Uh, This new rule was immediately challenged in court by a coalition of environmental organizations and We'll keep you posted on how that lawsuit develops.
1: Grizzly bears in the greater Yellowstone ecosystem must remain on the endangered species list. That's the latest word from the Ninth U.S. Circuit Court of Appeals. The court says the U.S. Department of Fish and Wildlife must further study other subpopulations of grizzlies before bears in Yellowstone can come off the list. Wildlife advocates are praising the decision, saying it's a significant win in their fight to protect grizzly bears from trophy hunting. The state of Montana, along with the states of Wyoming and Idaho, join the Fish and Wildlife Service in the suit.
3: This week, U.S. Senator John Tester announced that he will introduce legislation requiring all public lands that are leased to oil and gas companies go through a competitive auction, ending so-called non-competitive leasing. Currently, oil and gas companies and speculators are able to lease our public lands for oil and gas development for as little as $2 an acre through an absurd process called non-competitive leasing. These are lands other companies or investors initially passed over because there's little development potential, but were subsequently allowed to be sold to companies at rock-bottom prices. In our state alone, 1.4 million acres, or 67% of all public lands leased for oil and gas development, are sitting idle. This is problematic because private companies hold the rights to our public lands for no reason but to inflate the appearance of their financial holdings with no benefit to Montanans. Testers Leasing Market Efficiency Act will end this crazy process ensuring taxpayer dollars are being spent responsibly and efficiently by reducing the amount of BLM staff time spent on non-producing leases, increasing transparency in the leasing process, growing revenues, and shifting land management priorities on low potential lands away from oil and gas development. We hope Senator Danes joins this effort to give Montanans a fair shake.
1: The Montana Land Board meets next Monday, July 20th. The Land Board is made up of the top five elected office holders in the state, and they will consider two new proposals to create more public land in western Montana. And that's where we find today's guests.
3: Today we're joined by two guests, Chuck Otto and Tony Jones. Chuck Otto is a lifelong sportsman who lives near Anaconda. He serves as treasurer of the Anaconda Sportsman Club, one of Montana's oldest grassroots hunting and angling organizations that has worked for over seven decades to conserve key wildlife habitat, foster ethical hunting and fishing, and promote public access to public lands and waters. Tony Jones is a lifelong Bitterrooter, president of the Ravalli County Fish and Wildlife Association, and an avid outdoorsman who is passing his passion for hunting, fishing, and conservation onto his grandchildren. He lives in Hamilton, Montana, along with his wife, Putsy. Thank you both for being here today, gentlemen. I'm really excited to learn more about two proposed projects coming in front of Montana's Land Board next week, especially because these projects in particular have really been gaining a lot of um, momentum and are locally driven. They've gained the support of county commissioners and local legislators as well. So Chuck, let's start with you and what can you tell us about the additional Stumpdown acquisition for the Garrity Mountain Wildlife Management Area?
4: Well, uh, the uh, Stumpdown addition is about 600 acres um, directly adjacent to the existing Garrity um, Wildlife Management Area. It's uh, composed of a a variety of habitats um, from grasslands to uh, aspen groves to uh, conifer groves. But the vast majority of it um, provides some critical winter game range for the uh, Garrity Mountain area. Um, Garrity kind of sits on the the north side of the uh, Pentlers, and so key winter game range is at a premium. Um, I'm fortunate enough to live uh, about a mile uh, from the uh, post acquisition. And in the winter times, especially from about uh, late February through April, you can see elk on that property almost it, any day that you want to go out there. So during that time frame, this particular piece of property is is key to ensure that uh, that, that, that elk herd can sustain itself. Um, one other thing I, I might add, too, is that um, a lot of the property is um, low elevation for anaconda. Uh, we're up here pretty high. But... Uh, it's low elevation. Um, a lot of it's uh, flat to uh, kind of rolling. So it would be um, prime subdivision if somebody uh, wanted to do that. And um, obviously a subdivision um, right in key winter game range would uh, would probably devastate that, that elk herd. So it's very important that the public pick it up and um, provide access. A county road does go through the lower third of, of this property. And uh, that would provide good access for for hikers and and, uh, bird watchers as well as hunters and uh, fishermen. Um, About, uh, I think, almost a half a mile of uh, Worm Springs Creek is also included in this property.
3: That's awesome. And it sounds like it's going to be a really great asset for the community of Anaconda and the state at large. Um, I actually really am hoping to... Um, hunt and elk in this next while, so I will be checking that out in particular. So now, Tony, what's happening um, in the Bitteret, and can you tell us about Ceben White and what the project is doing, and just paint a picture of that area so we understand kind of why it's so special for those of us that might not have been there um, but want to go.
0: Sure, thanks, Whitney. Uh, this. This is a piece that is currently about an acre and a half that's being leased right now by FWP for a fishing access. Uh, The proposal is 97 acres and the bulk of it being along the river bottom. Uh, There's about 80 acres there that is all river. There are about five streams of braided West Fork that run right through the middle of it. Great piece of property for both wade fishermen and float fishermen there. And so it would expand it from about an acre and a half to 97 acres. Uh, There's 20 acres on the west side of the road uh, that will be accessed through a parking area that FWP is going to put in. And then it accesses up to about 80 miles of Beirut National Forest trails and roads. And that access then becomes available from the bottom of the West Fork. And we all know how that much river frontage, the value that's put on that, if this wasn't to become a fishing access, the current landowner was generous enough to take a substantial discount in price to keep this as public land. And we all know the, the value of river bottom and what would happen to that if it wasn't public. You know, it would be behind orange spray paint and big house sitting there right now. So it's a very important piece of property right there in the bottom of the West Fork. There will be some camp spots, some primitive camp spots that will also be there, which a fair number of fishing access sites don't have. Uh, The trail on the west side of the road will be accessible by hikers, horsebackers, bicyclers, um, multi-use, good multi-use piece of property.
3: Well, both projects are really exciting and they're both are going to increase access, which as we know, is a win-win for Montana for not only just the people that live here, but also for our state's economy. So that is really exciting and good news. Um, What's the process been like for the projects to get in front of the land board?
4: Uh, Well, I can start with that. Um, You know, when this property uh, on Stumptown Road first came up, um, we proposed that uh, it be acquired and took it to the uh, um, Manaconda Deer Lodge County Commissioners. And uh, they've Uh, given their blessing to it so um, from that point you know we tried to gather up more public support for it and um, generated a lot of interest in the community and because it does have such good access it's it's only about uh, two miles west of the anaconda city limits it's it's going to provide a lot of public recreation in the future for um, not only the local community but obviously uh, anybody that wants to come down uh, through this country.
3: And um,
4: so from that standpoint, I think uh, the local community and local sports especially are definitely in, in favor of this acquisition.
3: And Tony, what has it been like down in the Bitteret as far as moving this project along?
0: It's been a long process. The current owners, um, they were multi-owners from the same family, and they've worked really hard. This project's been on for about a couple years now, working through the process with the family members and Uh, working with Gavin and the Bitterroot Land Trust. Uh, Also, Montana Wildlife Federation has been involved. But uh, it's been a long process to get through that. The Bitterroot Land Trust has been uh, great working with the current landowners to get this through. And it passed through the Open Lands Board here in uh, Ravala County uh, with a donation of $250,000 towards that. There's been some private donors Our club, the Ravala County Fish and Wildlife Association, kicked in $10,000 for it. And Gavin has worked really hard with other private donors. Um, After it passed the Open Lands Board, it went to the county commissioners, which passed 3-0 there, and now moving on to the Open Lands Board. So it's been quite a process for a few years, but we're finally seeing just one more hurdle.
3: Well, what a legacy uh, both of you are contributing to, because... This is what Montana is all about and being able to pass on our outdoor heritage, to the next generation and everything else. Um, it's really incredible work. And I know I can speak for all of us at MCV that we are really thankful for all the work that you're doing um, and thankful for fish, wildlife and parks and all of the partners that have really put this over the edge. So as the last stop before these projects come into fruition, Montana's land board must give their stamp of approval. So our land board here in Montana is our top five elected officials, the governor, the attorney general, the commissioner of securities and insurance, um, the secretary of state, and the superintendent of public instruction. This Monday, um, our land board will be voting on whether or not Ben White and Stumptown can move forward. So what can Montanans do to help push the projects over the finish line?
4: If uh, local concerned people could get a hold of their uh, land board representatives, let them know that that uh, there is a lot of local support for these purchases. And um, in the case of the Stumptown property, um, you know, a, uh, if it didn't come into public hands, it would most certainly get developed. And, and that would affect uh, not only the the uh, parcel that we're talking about, but it would impact a lot of the uh, existing Garrity Mountain Wildlife Management Area because it's right smack in, in, in the middle of it on the uh, southern edge. So uh, it's very important to get this, and um, I think people just need to let their land board representatives know that it's a uh, it's a good purchase.
0: Yeah, and I agree. Uh, either emailing or calling one of the staffers for the land board would be a great way to get the point across on how important these projects are. Uh, we all know how valuable river bottom property is, and, a, and this piece, especially on the West Fork, it's being termed as gateway to the West Fork, so it would really it's really important to add another fishing access and have this 97 acres available to public forever. And as river bottom gets more and more privatized, it becomes more and more valuable to have these kind of fishing access sites. So we just encourage everybody that can to either email the land board. Uh, I believe the email is landboard at mt.gov or call one of the staffers at uh, of, of any one of the land board members.
3: Well, thank you both, Chuck and Tony, for taking time to chat with us today. And we'll make sure to add some links to our show notes so listeners can learn how to get more engaged. And we can also pop up some of those um, beautiful videos that have been put together about the projects. And we can't really thank you enough for all of the work that you've been doing on the ground to make this possible. And you both are perfect examples of what makes Montana, Montana. So thank you so much Um, for being with us, and we look forward to the vote on Monday.
4: Thank you, Whitney. Thanks, Whitney. It's been a pleasure.
1: The views of our guests here on MCVCast do not necessarily reflect the views of MCV, its members, or its board of directors. Our organization is, however, very supportive of these two projects in the name of Common Sense Conservation. At the top of the show, we mentioned that MCV's annual gala is now a virtual event. Last year, hundreds of supporters joined us for our 20th birthday celebration in Livingston. This year, we're going to make it easier for folks to participate in this event online. The program will be shorter, but we can't stress how important this gala is for the financial success of our organization. We need your support. If you'd like to be a sponsor of our gala, please send us a note at mcv at mtvoters.org.
2: Of course, we welcome all financial support for MCV. Uh, we've made it as easy as possible at mtvoters.org donate. And we invite all of our members to consider joining our Big Sky Circle, which provides us long-term certainty through monthly contributions. Your support helps us connect, protect, and elect. And we're also on social media. Find us on Facebook, on Twitter, on Instagram. Join our movement by searching MT Voters.
1: We want to close out today's show with a clip from an event MCV recently hosted with our endorsed candidate for Secretary of State, Senator Bryce Bennett. Whitney joined several conservationists for an online Facebook forum, a link to which is in our show notes. Here is Senator Bryce Bennett talking about his role if he becomes a new member of the Montana Land Board. And after four years of the failed legacy and the failed leadership of this Secretary of State's office, we need somebody who's willing to bring landowners to the table to fight for the access we need. I will always be an advocate for our public lands and will ensure they stay in public hands. If we don't have voices on the land board that understand that Montanans value or what we value, we risk losing these special places to those who seek to privatize them. We need a Secretary of State who fights for our public lands and our outdoor heritage, not someone who stands with the folks with gates and barbed wire trying to keep us out.